for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. welcome you to living life you know one of the joys I had when I was much younger and in better shape was taking long-distance bike rides with my friends and so there on our bicycles we would have our clothes our food all of our camping gear and we would set out on a journey it would be a few days to a few weeks long sometimes we would go to the coast and ride along the beach other times we were up in mountains or we were in the desert, and even one time we were on an island. But on one particular trip, the map told us that we had to ride on a freeway. And so we got on the freeway, and as we were pedaling along, a police officer pulled us over, and we were very scared. And he took our map when we asked, what's wrong? And he said, you can't ride on the freeway. And we said, well, the map tells us that we can. Well, he took the map, he went back to his, his police car, he radioed in, and a few minutes later he came back and with a stern voice he said, boys, if you plan to continue to bike ride, I suggest you learn how to read a map. And then he proceeded to show us that we had gotten on the freeway about two miles too soon. And so we had to get off and we had to get back onto the right path. Well, I share this story because that's what the people of God are being told to do. Yes, they're in exile, but they're going to be going back to the promised land. And the very first verse is going to say, take note of the highway, the road that you take. And so we as God's people, of course, we want to know how to read the map. I mean, have the Bible and understand, but we want to make sure that we're on the right path. Let's keep that in mind now as the scripture is read for us. Jeremiah chapter 31 verses 21 through 30. Set up road signs, put up guideposts, take note of the highway, the road that you take. Return, virgin Israel, return to your towns. How long will you wander, unfaithful daughter Israel? The Lord will create a new thing on earth. The woman will return to the man. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. When I bring them back from captivity, the people in the land of Judah and in its towns will once again use these words. The Lord bless you, you prosperous city, you sacred mountain. People will live together in Judah and all its towns, farmers and those who move about with their flocks. I will refresh the weary and satisfy the faint. At this I awoke and looked around. My sleep had been pleasant to me. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will plant the kingdoms of Israel and Judah with the offspring of people and of animals. 
just as I watched over them to uproot and tear down and to overthrow, destroy and bring disaster, so I will watch over them to build and to plant, declares the Lord. In those days, people will no longer say, the parents have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. Instead, everyone will die for their own sin. Whoever eats sour grapes, their own teeth will be set on edge. So the people of God had gone on a road and they went out to Babylon. They were taken out into exile. But now they're going to get to come back on that same road and go back to the promised land. What a glorious and joyful day that would be for the people as they return. And you know, we are all on, in a sense, a road of transformation, right? We're on a spiritual journey and we want to make sure that we're heading in the right direction. So like it says, take note of the highway, the road that you take. Boy, we need to do that, don't we? We need to take notice of where we are going. Each step of the way, we want to just be coming more and more like Christ and to live as he intends. But we can stray and we can go wayward and we can get lost and we can get involved in things that we shouldn't, like being anxious and worried and bothered. Or we can get in a hurry and we can turn our attention away from the Lord and not trust him. And so like in verse 22, the Lord says, how long will you wander? And he wants us to return to him. And he wants us to believe that indeed he is a loving God and he will forgive us, restore us, renew us, just like he did for the people back in Jeremiah's day. And so we want to be people who obey him and we trust him. Now, when we see that as the text goes on, when the people of God are to return, we're told that there's going to be like this unity. There's going to be a love, a community together. And we're told that they're going to say things like, the Lord bless you. I mean, with all the negative news and all the voices that are out there in our world right now, wouldn't it be nice to have the people of God rise up and bless one another and to really seek their good, to have people blessing us and helping us with our vision of who God is and what he calls us to be and to do and to just know that we have purpose and we have a God who his aim in human history is the creation of an all-inclusive community of loving people where he's right in the center and our prime sustainer and most glorious inhabitant in that community. Oh, to know that and to know that we are unceasing spiritual beings with an eternal destiny in God's amazing universe, to know that we have purpose, to know that there's meaning. And right now, I believe that there's many of us that be, need to be reminded of that and to just once again make that commitment a decision, an intention 
to step into that reality and know that we can follow Jesus every step of the way. And when we do that, we know that we're on the right path. Well, as we continue in our scripture, we see like in verse 27, it says, the days are coming. Well, those days are the return from exile. And the days are coming when God would restore and renew his people. And I believe that today God wants to restore and renew his people. And then as we continue on in the text, we see like in verse 29, an amazing proverb that was popular during Jeremiah's day. But it says, in those days, now what he's saying is like when the Lord repopulates and rebuilds the land, in those days, people will no longer say, the parents have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. Now that proverb just means that like the children that are out there now in exile, they're like, why are we here? It was our parents and grandparents and those before them who had done a lot of sinning and turning their back on God. They're the ones that ate the sour grapes, but we're the ones who have to bear the consequences. But God says that proverb will no longer be said in this land that you will be in. There's going to be personal responsibility. There was a time when we were having communion at our church and someone who prepared the communion elements, the cup, used grape juice that had been in the back of the church's refrigerator and it must have been there for well over a year and had been previously opened. And so when we took the communion, that grape juice had turned real sour and bitter and it was awful. And can you imagine if as we take that, maybe the kids in the nursery were affected by it, we would say, well, that's not right because they're not the ones that ate of the sour grapes. Well, God is saying to his people, there's personal responsibility. So you can't just bank on, say, the faith of your parents. You need to have faith yourself. Well, let's trust the Lord and do so to God's glory and our joy. As we close this Living Life devotion, I want to draw our attention back to that proverb here in Jeremiah 31, 29, where it states that the parents eat the sour grapes, but it's the children's teeth that are set on edge. Well, what an amazing proverb. And God says, that's not to be said anymore. I mean, we're to have personal responsibility. And if you want to learn more about that, you can look at Ezekiel chapter 18. I just want to encourage you right now that as you're watching this devotion, think about your own life of faith, the road of transformation that you're on, your spiritual journey. I want to just ask you, how's your faith? Are you trusting in the Lord? Because right now there's a lot to be anxious about, but really there isn't because our Lord is good and he loves us and we can trust him. 
I mean, he loved us so much that he would send his only begotten son and that Jesus indeed would die in our place and he redeems us, he forgives us. And so let's turn to him, let's look to him, let's come to Jesus and not just think about what our family did in the past or what our parents' faith might have been. No, we trust the Lord. Let's pray. Well, Heavenly Father, indeed, we turn our attention to you at this time, and we ask that you would increase our faith, that, Lord, we would be your people who truly turn to you during this season of life and throughout every step on our spiritual journey. Lord, we thank you and praise you for who you are and what you do for us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. For a single soul, reaching a world, stepping in closer.